Welcome to Study, Grow, Know, where we discuss theology, prophecy, and current political issues from a conservative biblical perspective. Here's your host, Dr. Fred DeRuvo. Hi, thanks so much for joining me. A quick note before we get into our article or episode of today, uh, the last recording of our ongoing class, Revelation 11, didn't turn out so well. So I will be doing a write-up of that class and providing the PowerPoint notes for it instead of the video. My apologies for anyone looking forward to the video, and we hope to get it right next time. Well, during the 70s, 1970s that is, as a young adult Christian segueing from my late teens to my early 20s, something came to Christendom that changed the way many Christians looked at the Bible and the world. It was the study of and discussion of prophecy. It gave rise to certain individuals in the uh, 70s who became the go-to experts in the area of biblical prophecy, or what is commonly called eschatology, likening much of what was happening throughout society then as instances of prophetic fulfillment. Now, books dealing with prophecy began to take place on store shelves, and the End Times Prophecy Conferences sprang up throughout America, dealing with subjects like When will Jesus return? Who's the Antichrist? Who's the false prophet? Is the tribulation three and a half or seven years long? What happens after the rapture? When will the rapture occur? The tribulation temple. When is it being built? Who is Gog? And what is Magog? What is the actual covenant that Antichrist confirms with Israel? Exactly who are the two witnesses in Revelation 11? So, in other words, it wasn't simply a focus on what God's Word taught about future events. People often went well beyond the parameters of Scripture, offering viewpoints about things that no one really had privy to then. We just didn't know. However, the good thing, of course, is that Bible books like Daniel, Ezekiel, and Revelation and others came to the fore, and many pastors started teaching from these books. Knowledge increased greatly because of the prophecy study, and hence the prophecy industry was officially born in the 70s. Now, knowledge, though it was certainly increased at the time, many Christians became hyper-focused on aspects of prophecy to the exclusion of just about everything else related to their Christian growth and walk. They were literally so focused on the expectation, for instance, of Jesus returning at any moment, which is known to be what they call imminent, and I have a link for that in the transcript. They were so focused on that that they weren't happy unless other people around them were interested in prophecy to the same degree and also expecting the same thing. Well, some 50 years later, the Lord has still not yet physically returned. All the excitement surrounding prophetic Bible study during the 70s caused people to pin their hopes, unfortunately, on the rapture and the start of those big-time events. When that event, the rapture, did not occur, interest in prophecy began to wane. And by the time uh, it happened, people were really frustrated. Oh, and let let me say this, though. This does not mean that belief in a pre-trib rapture is somehow flawed or biblically inaccurate. I know there are folks who think that. That's okay. They're entitled to think that. My point is that either the rapture is taught in Scripture or it isn't. 
and either the pre-trib rapture is taught in scripture or it isn't. It is what people focus on and how they focus on it that can create problems. Uh, the person's whole life should not be taken up by the rapture. That's all they think about. That's all they focus on. That shouldn't be. The same can occur with the doctrine of salvation by grace, for instance, as well as other doctrines. People can be hyper-focused on numerous things. So by the 1980s, people had simply lost interest in the prophetic industry as a whole because none of the prophetic highlights panned out. None of them. Few except diehards wanted to hear any more of Jesus was coming back soon or anyone's guess about who the Antichrist was going to be. They turned their thoughts from prophecy and they moved on to living, families, jobs, school, marriages, kids, vacations, and everything else connected with simply being human. This led to a common belief among Christians and pastors that, well, the end times events, they're going to just pan out. They'll take care of themselves. There's one big difference, though, between the prophetic industry of the 70s and the current industry today. During the 1970s, there were no authors or speakers who were held up and heralded as authentic prophets. Although within the charismatic movement, there were people who were constantly giving a quote-unquote word from the Lord. Well, today we're seeing a proliferation of people labeled prophets of God, like Perry Stone, Kim Clement, Jonathan Kahn, many others. These people from the New Apostolic Reformation, or NAR, movement are deeply involved in the supernatural and are always highlighting things they say as information directly from God to us. It always circumvents the Bible, and a number of these people like Perry Stone have quote-unquote prophesied falsely, as Jonathan Kahn has done that as well. And they have things in their past, some of them, that are very questionable from the early years of their ministry. Yet they persist. All I can do is warn readers to avoid people like that who claim to have a word of knowledge from God or who claim to be a prophet raised up by God who has the authority of the prophets of old. That's not going to happen. So regarding the last days and the last generation that will live just prior to Christ's physical return, Daniel 12.4 is where Daniel is given final instructions for that coming final generation. Quote, but you, Daniel, roll up and seal the words of the scroll until the time of the end. Many will go here and there to increase knowledge. Unquote. Well, Daniel was told to ensure that all he had learned from angels and visions during this time would be written down and kept safe for that final generation so that they would have access to it. Well, obviously, this has occurred at least until now because we have the book of Daniel. Are we the final generation? Well, I tend to think so, but that's merely a guess, so I can't be dogmatic about it. It could be 5, 20, 50, or more years before the tribulation begins. And in that case, many alive today, possibly including myself, may not be here. So we are then speaking of another generation that is still future or maybe upcoming now. The second part of the verse, 
Daniel 12, 4, simply means that as time progresses toward the end, people will run to and fro or go here and there in an effort to increase their knowledge. And I believe that this knowledge is specifically referencing the understanding of how all the events will work out prior to the physical return of our Lord. And it's also possible that it means people will wear themselves out trying to find information, but since the timing isn't here yet, that information can't be found. It's not available. The people of the very last generation living during the tribulation will be in the best position because they will literally watch events unfold as they happen. They won't be guessing. They'll actually see things take place. Now, from our vantage point, prior to the tribulation, we cannot truly understand these things. Many prophecy industry speakers try to flesh things out by constantly speaking of this sign or that one that's occurring in society. I don't think that's helpful. And in fact, I think it can be very detrimental. Can we know who the Antichrist is now? How about the false prophet? Oh, how about the identity of Gog? And what's Magog? How about exactly when the tribulation temple will be built? What about the exact day and hour of our Lord's return? Well, the answer is no to all these questions. We can't know them. There are a plethora of things we cannot know for sure now. And we need to be content with what we can know now. Now, along these lines, a reader sent me a link to a video that is very well done, uh, in my opinion, the author of the video provides numerous warnings about looking at society and placing events or people over scripture. It was very well done. The content, I have a link, by the way, for that in the transcript. The content of that 19-minute video deals with a young Jewish man whom older rabbis have given the label Yanuka. They say he has performed miracles, has tremendous wisdom, and a perfect knowledge of the Torah. In fact, these rabbis go on to say that this young Jewish man knows everything. Is he the coming Antichrist? Who knows? And the author of the video does not try to guess either. He simply points out the facts concerning this man and how he is being received. However, in one sense, this young Jewish man he fulfills what Jesus says in Matthew 24, 24, quote, for false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect, unquote. I like that word or the, the verbiage there. It was going to lead astray, if possible, even the elect, which means it's not possible, but it, it, it's really a strong delusion. Now, many Jews who know of this young Jewish man believe him to be the Messiah. But he clearly cannot be the Messiah because Jesus was and is the only Messiah. The Jews who believe this young man to be the Messiah are absolutely deceived. They're fulfilling what Jesus says in Matthew 24, 24. So here we are in 2022. We have a resurrected prophetic industry with a vengeance, complete with false prophets, the current prophetic scholars are today's experts in prophecy and their YouTube videos, books, and articles are devoured often, unfortunately, instead of scripture. It's as though people cannot get enough of what these individuals have to say. May I respectfully suggest 
that you lock up your wallets. I'm not talking about buying good Bible commentaries. We should all have some of those. I'm talking about books and videos that presume to know what the Bible does not reveal about future things. And my concern is that with this prophecy industry today, some, not all, Christians are focusing so much on prophetic discourse that it has pushed everything else related to their Christian walk off to the side. Are we concerned to the same degree about living for Jesus? Do we desperately want God to cultivate within us a healthy fear of offending him to avoid sinning? Are we striving to submit ourselves to him so that his will in and through us is accomplished? Are we increasingly concerned about the lost people of this world? I do believe God wants us looking up for his return to an extent. We should always be mindful that our lives here on this planet are but a vapor. But prophetic discourse should not be all-consuming There's much more to his word. Now, during the Olivet Discourse, Jesus warned, quote, When you see these these things happening, look up, for your redemption draws near. Luke 21, 28. I believe it's clear from the passage in context that he was specifically talking about those people who will be living during the tribulation and would actually see him returning physically at the end of the tribulation. Because verse 27 states this, quote, at that time, they will see the son of man coming in a cloud with power and great glory, unquote. So when those folks actually see the clouds parting and Jesus returning It is then that they should look up and know they are about to be saved. Today, many Christians are so focused on the rapture and are doing little to nothing to prepare for what may be coming down the pike economically that it it serves them no purpose. It's actually sidetracking them. The rapture will occur exactly when it's supposed to occur And there are no signs that will signal it, as far as I understand it from my knowledge of Scripture. The folks living during the tribulation or great tribulation period will also be able to see other events of prophetic significance happening during their lives and will understand things far better than we can now. It will be those folks whose actual knowledge will increase dramatically during those seven years because they will actually see events and people unfolding as they happen. And scripture will literally be their guide. Well, before I end this, I want to I want to be very clear in what I'm saying here. Studying prophecy is actually a very good thing. Because it is part of God's word. It should be studied just like the rest of his word. It is something we should want to do because he gave us those sections of scripture and they are just as important as the rest of his holy word. To ignore them, to ignore prophetic discourse is to miss out on much of what God says about his plans. Studying prophecy provides understanding of God's program. But we also need to realize that the temptation to interpret prophecy in light of today's world can be somewhat dangerous. I fully believe the final kingdom to be headed by the Antichrist is being built now. But 
It's also been in process for numerous decades already. It may be 5, 20, 50, or 100 years away before it fully comes to fruition. For me to make a dire prediction, set in stone prediction, that by this time next year, everything will be in place and the Antichrist will rise, that's absurd. And I'm walking on very thin ice. It is far easier for me to note what is actually happening in society right now and know beyond doubt that things are going to get progressively worse economically unless something is done to stop it. It's as simple as that. Gas prices may rise after midterms. They may go up and down. Who knows? More pandemics may occur. More people will die as a result of the mRNA jab and other new diseases. Food shortages are likely to occur. We're seeing some of that right now. There's too much happening in society for globalists to not be able to gain control over all of us. However, none of this means with any certainty that the final kingdom will take shape in a few weeks or months. When studying biblical prophecy, we need to remember that we are always looking into the future from the present. The future, that future, is not here yet. We should always avoid bringing future events that have not occurred into our current timeline now. One example before I close is when the CV jab became available. Many on social networks were convinced that it was the mark of the beast. And if you took it, oh, you were condemned to hell. These folks ignored everything from Revelation 1 up to Revelation 13, everything in between when the mark is made mandatory at that point in Revelation 13. They skipped over all the seven seals, seven trumpets, and other events to get directly to the mark. This is it. I had one person specifically. We were going back and forth, and they said, no, 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 this is the mark. What do you do with someone like that? You just have to stop talking with them. The CB jab is not the mark of the beast. I believe it can cause severe health problems for people based on what we're seeing in VARES and other known documentation, but it is not the mark. Will mRNA be part of the coming mark? I have no idea. That's like saying, will RFID chips be part of it? I have no idea. No one does at this point. In the meantime, Christian, we wait, we watch, but we also continue working. We never stop working. We never stop evangelizing. We never stop reaching out to the lost of this world. Because if we don't do it, it won't get done. Think clearly. Prepare accordingly. Live for him in all possible ways. Thank you so much for joining me. I pray that until we meet again, God would open your eyes to show you how blessed you are in Him. You've been listening to Study, Grow, Know with Dr. Fred DeRuvo. Please join us each week for new broadcasts that deal with theology, prophecy, and political issues from a biblical, conservative perspective. 